Salah has scored in Liverpool's first Premier League matches in each of the last three seasons. But can you tell me which Premier League teams he has faced but not scored against? Welcome to the Ball and All podcast, episode 52. Yeah, myself, MK. BNF, Benno Filter. Flows. You guys enjoyed Premier League being back? I'm enjoying fantasy football being back, but yeah, it's all good. Not really, you know, fantasy. Yeah. My, my team's been kind of shit to start with. I made a miss. I, I made a man, few I was man upset after the first game week. It's so because early. Because early. I took a gamble, I took a gamble and not to put Sterling. I know, I saw that gamble. Salary. It's funny. It's funny. Gamble. <laughs> Wait, five. you didn't put either, Brav. Oh. You gotta put one of the two in. You can't afford both, but you gotta put one of them, Brav. The funny spot. thing is, put my name at, in. <laughs> at three p.m. I actually had both of them in my team. Oh. At five p.m. I took them both out. Wait, over, don't... overthinking, man. Wait, did you? Wait, you don't. Tell, you didn't put Manny in, did you? Yeah, that <laughs> didn't even start. <laughs> oh. And I captained him as well. But anyway, we'll get onto this. Uh, back to the riddle. Yeah, yeah. You guys have got any clues, or do you want me to repeat the riddle again? No, you repeat said which teams he think. hasn't scored against. Is this at any point? Well, this is nothing to do with opening day. Yeah. This isn't to do with opening day. This it's is just, just he's not scored against these teams at all. Yes, and they're only teams that he has actually faced in the Premier League. So a clue: Sheffield United is not one of them. Okay, so. How many teams are we talking? Two. Two teams. Okay. Two teams, I'm going to say. Are they both currently in the Premier League now? One is, one isn't. Okay, that narrows it down a bit. One is, one isn't. Um, Flows, you take two guesses, I'll take the other two guesses. All right. Clues. The relegated team is from Wales. Swansea. Bingo. No, it's Cardiff. Oh, Swansea. <laughs> <laughs> Swansea is one of them. And so the other team is currently in the Premier League. I'll go they with... within the top 10 last season. I'll go with Wolves. Nope. West Ham? That's my last nope. guess. All right. Flows, on to you. Top 10. Damn, top 10, top 10. Just pick any two. He scored against City? He has scored against City. Damn. Got one more. They're in the top 10. So there the team barely made it into the top six. Why are you giving him more clues? <laughs> Mr. Palace? He's dragging it out. Come on. West Ham. United. Yeah, he's never scored against Manchester United. I was trying, that's what I was thinking in my head because I was like, obviously, last season he didn't score against them, but then I couldn't really remember the, the seasons before. Oh, yeah, you two are terrible, man. No, that question was terrible. It's very specific. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was a thinking question. Like I said, in my head, I was thinking, you know, but I was like, he must have scored against them in the previous seasons. Like, like I know he didn't score last season. That's but... shit different, yeah. I would have thought so. <laughs> I thought United as well at the beginning. I thought, nah, no way he's not scored against But United. that's it. I thought, yeah, that was my Salah first. scored against first United. United. So, yeah. I thought it was United and Villa. But, all right, cool. Looking at the main talking points from match day one, have City and Liverpool already made it a two-horse race? They already made a two-horse race looking at a transfer window. <laughs> we, we 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 knew this coming into like last season, uh, coming out of last season. But no, <laughs> I don't think no. It's not. That I think it's. I, I don't think what they've. I don't think this weekend. I don't think that they've made it into a two-horse race just after that first game. We knew it was going to be a two-horse race anyway. No, just, personally, just not I, done anything I do, to change that opinion. I do think it's a two-horse race because of how they showed out. Liverpool showed out. 
Man City showed out. Every other team sort of had their little struggles. All those different teams they're facing is how they manage the game as well. And it's like they just picked up from um, where they left off. If that's the case, then City made it a one-horse race. Yeah, that, that, exactly. That, that's what I was going to say. In terms of if you're saying City showed out, yes, they did. They definitely did. But even then, they showed there were certain things uh, West Ham did in terms of like the the new West Ham striker. The way yeah. he held up the ball, they yeah, kind of struggled at times. Yeah, they, they struggled at times. But that's the wow. thing. What I realised from that game, it's even with the struggle you're talking about, West Ham, this is how City plays sometimes. If they don't get the front foot straight away, as the game goes on, they will. And West yeah. Ham, it's just about time. You know, for, I guess it's the first game, everyone's all excited. Then as the game goes on, they just start to lose their their composure a bit more and more. And City just, you know, the momentum goes their way. Yeah. I mean, there was a period in the match, like, between, like, when it was at 2-0, I thought West Ham were looking all right. You know, obviously, this is against City, so they're not doing anything. But I don't think West Ham looked totally terrible uh, with with what they were doing and the way they were playing. But then it kind of just crumbled. City just kicked it up a notch. And well, when they do that, nobody can nobody can have it, innit? Yeah, that's true. What did you guys think of Rodri? It was all right in terms of... Um, you could have it, like... He held the ball, he distributed it well, but I think the pace got to him a few times early on. Uh, he got, I think he gave the ball away like sloppily and lucky not to see, lucky not to concede from it. But I think, I think um, that, he'll grow into it. Yeah, I think with um, what we're watching, maybe it's just a case of him getting into a new league. But it's how the analysis was coming out. Like he's the, he's actually a good step for after Fernandino. But I'm like, it will take a long time. Fernandino is very, I don't know, he's very, not nimble. I don't want to use the word, the word nimble, but he, he moved around much quicker. Mm. As Rodri is not that kind of player. He just can move the, he moves the ball quicker than Fernandino. But Fernandino himself moves quicker than Rodri, so, yeah, it depends on us. Rodri's meant to be Fernandino 2.0, ain't he? Oh, he's supposed yeah. to, but I don't think he moves as swiftly or easily as, or he's as agile as um, Fernandino. Yeah, but when Fernandinho first came to, to City, he wasn't the guy like straight away either. I remember he came Fernandinho and who was the other one that flopped and they sold? Fernandez? Fernando. Fernando, yeah. And when those two men came in, like I didn't think I didn't think Fernandinho was gonna make it at City for the for the for a little while. So he he's he's got time, he can bed in and boy. A team like City, you've got a chance to to show you get to show your best. He's, there's never going to be any games where he's going to have to struggle, or you know, he's probably going to make massive mistakes because City as a team don't do that. But I think he's shown enough to show that he will integrate. With uh, with Sané being ruled out for well, looking like most of the season, mm. well, that affects City at all? Nope. <laughs> I think I after nope. yesterday's result, it's no, bro. Is not. I mean, obviously they've still got Mares that they can they can look to. Yeah, they didn't even play or have on the bench Bernardo Silva. Yeah, bro, Bernardo Silva. And he there. plays in that sim- similar position, and he's not playing deep, so they're good. Because now he's looking to integrate Foden a bit more. So you've got mm. um, Fernandino, Rodri, you've got De Bruyne, you've got De Silva, David, and then you've got Foden to fit in that slot, and then you've got you know Mares and Sterling with Aguero, and then you can put in. Bernardo Silva, whichever way you want. Yeah. They're um, Yeah, they're not going to miss him at all. It was, you know, 
is bad for him. Probably puts any any prospective moves or anybody looking at him on hold. So you know, if Bayern Munich were to try and tempt him before their window closes, but uh, yeah, City aren't going to feel the effects. Uh, moving moving back to Liverpool, uh, Ben Ben, you mentioned that um, this, like you, you're saying about the signings the two teams made, City and Liverpool, but Liverpool actually made no signings. Well, they they bought youth, they youth players. Youth players, they're not really for for this season. So I've, have they not like? Defender might see some. I was just saying that young defender might see some time because he's like, what, 20, 21? But looking at the defence, obviously, after the first game, a lot of the talk has been afterwards about Liverpool's defensive... They have a bit of defensive frailties about them. <laughs> they're, being, they're like, obviously, they kept the most amount of clean sheets last season, but this season, in terms of their pre-season, they've struggled, they've conceded, they've struggled yeah. quite a lot. They've conceded they get here against Norwich. Is that going to be their downfall? Um, I mean... You know, we talk defensive frailty, it's still like relative, <laughs> like, you know, they're still going to bang in four or five goals and maybe let in one. But when you're up against a team like City, when you're vying with a team like City, every goal conceded counts. So it could be that that's what undoes them at the end of the season. It could come down to one goal here, two goals there. Um, it could even come down to goal difference as it almost did uh, last last season. So, yeah. And I mean, you know, it's not time to talk about alarm bells ringing or anything, but, you know, newly promoted team in Norwich, and sure, they banged them 4-0, but they couldn't keep that clean sheet. It's, like, frailties is probably is too strong a word, but, you know, it's something they have to be cautious of. I think that's that's just what sits City apart from them. Yeah. City yeah. are solid in defence. Liverpool have a good defence, but it's, I mean, their players, I mean, like Gomez and... They have a solid defender. Little... And a great keeper. Who, Liverpool? Yeah. No, Robertson is good. No, Arnold is good. Is good. Defensively, Arnold is not. It's just the centre-back. It's still between Gomez and Matip. And, I mean, it's, that's not just the only thing. It's, it's, I don't think, even with the, it's their ages as well, especially with Gomez, Alexander, they're still young. So you'll get a few problems in their city of just strengthened a bit more. So if you're focused on Liverpool, you talk about them and with them versus Man City. Man City obviously strengthened with Cancelo as well. So looking at that, I mean, that's just the difference between them. City will concede less goals this season, I reckon. Now, you guys hear um, what Jose Mourinho was talking about, who the teams that he thinks can win the league? <laughs> yeah, let me, yeah. Let me play a little insert from that. How many teams realistically do you think can win the title? Four. Man City, Tottenham, Liverpool, and Man City beat him. Thing is, he actually has a point there, you know. I agree with him. <laughs> Man City beat him. I'd probably put them above Tottenham. <laughs> Can you imagine? We're, we're discussing whether it's a two-horse two race. and in, Well, according to Jose, it's a four-horse race, but... Man City can still win it with another team, so it's Man City's flipping league to lose. Well, it is anyway, but yeah, even more so. I mean, nah, it's that, like obviously he's just going for a soundbite. Like he he's done that on purpose. He knows that it's going to be a talking point. Everybody's gonna they're gonna chat about it. But he, he does was right, bring though. up. The yeah, bench. no, but he brings up a good point. He brings up a good point. They do have a strong bench, and going back to the whole two horse race thing, their bench is infinitely stronger than their closest challenges, which is Liverpool. Mm. Like, you compare yeah. their bench to Liverpool's and there is a massive gulf there. 
But that's what you're saying. They're the whole team, Bravo. I mean, even when we've mentioned Fernandino, we've mentioned Rodri. We haven't mentioned Gondolan. Gondolan is... Boy, forgot, yeah. I mean, and he's just sitting in the <laughs> stands. You know what I mean? So He's just chilling. Yeah. It's, it makes a good point. Yeah, it, it, makes a, it makes a very good point. And yeah, like I say, even though he's messed about and having a joke, it does. that's the reason why they probably will do it three times in a row. Also, sorry, this... Uh, Talking about the depth, we Allison. How much are Liverpool going to miss Allison while he's out? How long is he out for? Is it confirmed? I think they said it initially but, it looks like six to eight weeks. But that's the thing. This is why I, when that happened, I was like, "What?" I don't know what they were looking at. Maybe just because they lost Milne, but that was a brilliant sign again, Adrian. Because Adrian is a good goalkeeper. Oh no, he's a very good goalkeeper. I don't yeah. know why West Ham let him go. But yeah, in my so man's head, very lucky for them to have someone like him on the bench. But my man must have been like, cool, I'll sign for Liverpool, couple of appearances, maybe pick up a little bit of a trophy. And now he's like, oh shit, I've actually got to do work. He must be pissed. Like, he's, he's straight into the spotlight. Uh, two teams that Mourinho did not mention. Funny enough, both he managed both of them. United and Chelsea obviously played first game of the season. Did, he, well, did that game show why he didn't mention them? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, it was... Yeah, it was weird. Obviously, Chelsea are far off the mark. They need to find a way to play without Aiden Hazard. They need to find somebody else to step up and take, not take his place, but they need goals to come from somewhere. Like, the Chelsea team just seemed naive. And the fact that they were, and they still managed to test United, shows how far United are off the mark as well. Like, a couple of other teams could have killed off United in that first 20 minutes. Yeah, I... It definitely did show, I think, in terms of when you, when you watch the other teams you mentioned, Tottenham, Liverpool, Man City, when you watch them play, they have a system and they work at that system. They play in that system. Chelsea and United don't, like, United learning a system or trying to get used to the system. Same with Chelsea. New managers trying to start their own system and trying to keep them playing a certain way. I mean, these other teams have been doing it for a while, so you can tell why they're miles ahead in terms of Gameplay and setup. Yeah, yeah Marv, you, yeah, Marv, you actually mentioned you mentioned then that Chelsea are naive. Is mm-hmm. that because they have a naive manager? Yes, I think uh, I, I do think that was probably part of it. Um, he had a couple. I even know like Mason Mount on the pitch. He was probably Chelsea's best player today, if not one of. Um, again, yeah, you're saying it was like a new formation. They were missing Kante because of his injuries. But then the way they were trying to press at 1-0, which ultimately led to, what was it, two goals in like two minutes or whatever it was. Like, And uh, the naivety of Kurt Zuma, like the amount of mistakes that guy made. And I know obviously, like, what was it, Rudiger is uh, injured or whatever. But it just seemed to be rookie, rookie stuff going on all the way through. Looking at United... Can you see the difference that Maguire and AWB are gonna clearly make to that are gonna make to that team? Hundred percent. I mean, Aaron already showed his talents during the preseason. He was like man of the match every single game, and straight away the tackles he made, the the movements he made, everything. If you look at the thing is when you compare him to the previous right backs, like. A young girl, Valencia, come on, it's not competition. This guy wins just for being an actual right back. 
So yeah, you can see the difference. So with Maguire, his his head was always in the right position. He was, you know, aggressive with the ball. That's what we need. I mean, with the other centre backs like a Jones or whatever, they didn't. Or well, maybe Jones put his head on the line a few times, but <laughs> they never were not always successful. So yeah, Maguire, you can definitely see. But the thing is, like um, Flo said, in other games he'll be punished. This was just fortuitous that it didn't become Chelsea weren't that clinical. And Chelsea hit the bar twice. Which, I, I, on another I, day, goes in. Shot, that first shot was amazing. Yeah. It was like a proper air two type shot. It's lucky he just hit the post, but it was a good shot. That's on target. That's a rocket. Yeah, but yeah, they'll but, definitely make a difference. Those two. Yeah, they will. And again, you see, like I think, as far as I could tell, in either opposition box, whether it was whether whatever the corner, whether whatever team's taking the corner, it seemed like Maguire's head was first to everything, whether it was on the defense or on the offense. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. only because it's hard to miss, though, isn't it? <laughs> but then that's good. good. That's good, good bro. Yeah. Good. I'll take that all day long, bro. Hope his head gets bigger as the season goes on. <laughs> uh, yeah, Wambisaka carried on from where he left off for preseason, and you can see that United can still be got at. You can still get to their back line. You still can slip in, but it's more assured. There's less chance of them being punished for that. Like I said, they could be punished, and they probably still will be at points during the season, but. That strengthening of that back line, 10, 20% less goals going in, at least. So with them strengthening at the back, have they gone one step forward there and one step back in the attack with Lukaku leaving on transfer deadline day? With I wouldn't a say team, that. A it team, but, but United, they were a team that didn't really score goals a lot. And between, what, Lukaku, uh, between um, Rashford and Martial... They got 20 goals between them last season. That is not right. enough numbers. So, have they got enough willpower to... Lukaku to only got 12. Lukaku only got 12 on his own. He only got 12 on his own. I mean, I, he was scoring goals, but he was scoring goals across all competitions. No, no, but but that's, that's the point. United were terrible, even with Lukaku last season, but he still he chipped in. Now you he's have, gone. You have to look at it two ways, I think. One is... Lukaku's got goals, so he, he's definitely looked like... It, it looks like he'd be a miss. But the second thing is the style of play. The style of play does not suit Lukaku. Everyone realised that from the last few seasons. So even the thing you mentioned with Martial, he played less time, a yep. lot less time. And he still managed, I think... I don't know how many goals he got. I think, close I think they both got... Didn't they both get 10? They both got 10. So yeah. there you go. So that's with less time played. With the way Ole's decided to play... I see more goals coming into the team, especially if he's going to keep interchanging them between striker and, you know, left wing. Yeah, like, definitely. Right, did United not miss a trick in not replacing Lukaku for someone else or having so. James with Martial Rashford and Lingard? Is that enough? It's, the only thing it, I think United have lacked, which is still a thing, is the creativity. Because yeah. even like now, if Pogba is not there, what do you do? You look at, um, I think later on, who came on? James came on. So that means Lingard went to number 10. Lingard is not the best creative player. He's not bad in that position. It's probably his best position, to be fair. But you need someone creative. Half the game, Martial was wandering around the left side, not doing much. Until, you know, he got the chance to get that goal from Pereira. But generally, you need creative players, players that are ready to attack the ball. So I think the only thing they miss is maybe getting someone on the wing. Yeah, um, like maybe a Pepe or if the Bala had come through, someone like that. But Fernandez, end, yeah. Ole just looks at the team and says, "Look, if someone goes off, same way we mentioned with City, he's got a replacement. Daniel James can come on, Mata can come on. 
even later on, Sanchez can come on. So that's why I guess he didn't think he needs to replace him. If he needs to replace him, he'll sell someone. The thing you need to look at is like Martial and Rashford, there's no doubt over whether those guys can finish. Nobody is doubting their finishing ability. But like Ben says, it's the creativity that will be feeding them those chances. They didn't only get 10 goals each because they were missing loads of chances. They were only getting 10 goals each because, A, you know, looking at playing time and B, because of the chances that they were presented with. So, yeah, I think it's probably more of a creativity in the midfield needed to be put brought in rather than another striker. So Ole is taking a risk, but for the right reasons, so that Greenwood and Gomez and those kind of guys can get, and James, those kind of guys can get chances. So the personnel are there. So Tottenham finally managed to start a home game at the home ground for the first time, I think, in what, three years, is it? Not only that, I mean, Mr. August managed to bag himself his ducks, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, could this the... actually be their season? If no. Shit like that. <laughs> their season for what, bruv? Their season for what? Um, I mean, again, if they're going to take the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup seriously... Maybe they could throw something in there, but they're they're still they're also runs like United and Chelsea, Arsenal. No, to be honest, I wouldn't put them in that list. I I just I know it's preseason, but looking at how they control themselves in the preseason, this game against was it Villa? They, I mean, it sort of looked even, but then their class and quality shown out. And remember, they were not playing. They didn't play with Son. Son is one of their main threats. They didn't have Son. They didn't start with Ericsson either. And then they had like Ndombele, who was his, his debut. Yeah, they didn't have they, the Tongan either. They're not a City or a Liverpool. What I'm saying is they're still like they're, they're, they're still not in that bracket. you got City I, and Liverpool, then you got the next bracket down. Definitely, but I think there definitely could be a challenge there. That's what I think anyway. Yeah, ben, to add to your point, obviously, they didn't start with Ericsson. He's still been linked with a potential move away from from uh, Tottenham because obviously European transfer market is still open. On a scale of one to ten, how desperate do they need to keep Christian Eriksen? Because uh, in this game, ten. You to, you're saying ten. I'll say yeah, ten, but, but also I'll add another bit to that. In a scale of one to ten, of will they sell him? I'll say ten again because of their <laughs> policies, they will sell him. But then they need him unless they change that policy. But this is the thing, and you're talking about like saying about how they, they could be a challenge, a challenge and stuff like that. If they do sell him, or if they're not going to be starting him, like, come on, they it, they, they didn't look great until, uh, before, until he came on. Like, they were struggling until he came on. So if they get rid of him and they don't have the option to bring him on or to start him, well, could you be know, an option, how maybe they gonna... try, I don't know, maybe it's an option to maybe try it. Son coming through the middle. You never know. Wait, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the game against Villa, if he didn't come on, they would have lost that game. But well, that's what I'm saying. Simple. So they were so not we creating say... no chances without him. But the chance didn't come from Ericsson, though. It came from oh, Mora. The play changed. The play changed. The play did change, but in the end, the goal was not nothing coming from open play. It came from a corner, right? Then the ball came out, or a free kick. The ball came out. And then Mora just spotted in Dombele who slotted it in and even want to celebrate. It's like, come on. I didn't come here to play games, man. Came here to win, son. <laughs> didn't but even he, try he and celebrate. It's like, get away from me. Let's go. Get that ball back to center. <laughs> well, you probably know why he didn't celebrate because he didn't really have the best of games. He's giving a ball away. 
um, just nothing really working for him. I don't know yeah, if it was nervousness or whatever. So, yeah, I'm but... still good. You know, that like, them way there, but... Because no. he yeah. is, he has been brought in as a future replacement. He will be, he will be. I have, I genuinely don't have much of a doubt. Like his quality is there, and you know, it's his first season, this is his first competitive game. Uh, there is no doubt. But how long is that bedding in period going to be? And if you don't have Christian Eriksen to fall back on as the plan B, like Harry Winks and, and Eric Dyer are going to be your your guys. But that's another thing because it looked. Like they won in Dombele and um, who started in the middle? Was it Winks? It was and Dombele, Winks and Sissoko yeah. were in there with their midfield. They're playing a 4-4-3-3 four, four, three, three type system yeah, where they've yeah. got Sissoko with, oh my days, did anyone see Sissoko's miss? <laughs> it went for a throw in and he was right in front of the goal. But yeah, when you look at that, you're like, come on, let leave this. I like his forward runs. He has good forward runs and he can pass it. Don't make that guy your main guy. You need to have a creative player in the middle, man. Ericsson is really, he's sorely needed. If he leaves, uh, there'll be trouble for Tottenham. Maybe I won't put them in the top anymore. (laughs) In terms of how the system has worked, they shouldn't change it. Of the newly promoted teams, only Sheffield United came away with a point, but there were a few decent performances from the other other two teams. Do Do you guys give these any other teams hope in survival? Norwich is going down. <laughs> oh, there's Liverpool. Norwich is going down. But I'll say Villa look like they have a chance. And Sheffield is doing what they're trying to do. Hold games, which is what they're good at. They've been good at that from championship and they've been winning games there. Now they're going to come and show that we can hold you to your own game. Norwich, I say Norwich is going down because although they scored and they've got their, their main guy, Puki, who was scoring goals for fun last season, scoring, um, I just don't think they're ready. Um, I think they were talking about it today on um, um, Sky Sports regarding, I think Gary Neville mentioned it, how some of these other teams now, even if you should go somewhere and defend, which is what Sheffield did to some extent, most teams go out and try and play their own game, which is like what Bournemouth does. Sometimes it's not the way forward. When you're playing against a team like Liverpool, you need to be compact. They weren't. They're trying to play their game. Well, that's what happens to you. Was it 4-0 or half-time? Yeah, 4-0 half-time. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, again, I think it's a difficult one. Again, you're, you're talking about them playing Liverpool. That was that was always going to be a write-off. Uh, Villa versus Tottenham, again, another one of the, the top teams. But oh, and you look at Norwich, you look at what Norwich did going forward. I mean, what? Liverpool 15 shots, Norwich 12. Shots on target, Liverpool 7, Norwich 5. You play like obviously they got smashed by Liverpool. If they can put, if they can, if they can have a game, if they can have it against other teams that aren't as good as Liverpool yeah, and still stay on that even keel, then put, they're gonna get something out of it. Let me put a question to that: Do, Are those shots on target? Or are they just shots? Shots on no, fifteen and twelve is just shots. Shots on target: seven for Liverpool, five for Norwich. No, that's not too bad. But exactly, some, that's what I'm saying. Like. That's why you're coming from the championship because <laughs> they weren't tro- troubling anyone. They just shot. No, 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 no. But you have to put up those stats against Liverpool. You know, you have to, you have to, you have to remember Norwich won their league, number one. Yeah, but that was because other teams it, threw it away, though. No, no, <laughs> but they, no, no, they they won the league. They played their style. Yes, it's to be honest, it's a bit of naivety to be coming to Liverpool and yes. trying to trying to continue playing a pressing style and a attractive way of football. You shouldn't really do that. But You're then never winning that the, game, I'm, so you might as well. You're never winning I'm that the, game. 
I'm the one that always says play play attacking positive football. So to manage it, they should like do that. They will get they'll get a few. They, they are going to get battered a few times this season, but I can see them beating a lot of the teams in and around them. I think they'll beat it's, them. Exactly, like Liverpool, City, Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea, United, whatever, whatever. They're not expected to take anything away from those games. Don't give you that again. But like they're not expected to take anything away from those games. So. You can either lose trying to play a different stifling type of football or you could just lose playing your own brand of football and keep keep your identity. Don't, you know, don't confuse things. Don't confuse it for the players. They know whenever they go out on the pitch, they play that one same way. And like you say, they'll pick up points in the teams in and around them. They'll pull up a couple of they'll pull off a couple of surprise draws, maybe, with teams that they were expected to lose against. Mm. I still think they probably will get relegated though, but <laughs> I, I put um, Villa ahead of them because oh one of the things that would do much better because of how they played against Tottenham. They held the game very well. They crumbled in the last... Obviously, everything coming in for them, but they crumbled in the last... After it came 1-1, they sort of crumbled. But before that, they played a very good game. And we talk about... We could talk about how much they spent on their players, but they got players like Mings, who was there before. Do you know what I mean? So they got players that they've had before there and, you know, players that they've been playing with, like the Grealishes and whatnot. So I think Villa... Villa have or should have enough to keep them in the league. I don't know if they will because this is the thing I was saying. Like the reason that they they had to go through the playoffs last season is because they kept crumbling. So if they're gonna bring that, if they're gonna bring that into this season, they're gonna lose points where where they don't like where they don't need to or where they shouldn't be. Like that was a big thing with Villa last season was just crumbling when they should have been controlling and winning games. For me. I actually think it's the other way around. I think Norwich have a better chance than Villa. And the reason is, uh, again, both again, you can kind of compare the game the game that they played. Liverpool, uh, Liverpool obviously, top-tier team. Tottenham as well, top-tier. So in that, you have no pressure. As those as a newly promoted team, you don't, there's no pressure on you. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that helped, that helped Villa in that is they got, the first, they got that early goal and then they sat back and counter-attacked. That is their style. That's what they will do the whole season. But then when you're now playing against the lower teams, teams in there around you, you can't sit back and counter-attack because they're gonna, they'll do the same thing to you. They're waiting for you to come out. So if you don't get an early goal and you can't sit back and protect that and then counter-attack, you're screwed. So that's where I think they're going to have a bit of a struggle in that sense. The one good thing that I did notice was, I'm pretty sure uh, that lineup that they had was majority players that played from last season. Um, I know they had heating in goal, and I think one or two maybe others, but then it doesn't seem like they're doing what Fulham did and trying to integrate all their new players in like immediately. So that might be a bit of a saving grace for them, and there'll be more to come from them once those new players get blooded in. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I still don't give them much hope. What about Sheffield United? Sheffield, what I know from them is they they make themselves tough to beat. So if they're gonna, well, kind of like Stoke used to. So if they're gonna try and take that sort of sort of uh, mentality into the Premier League, then it's all about making sure you don't get beat. Maybe getting a point here and there. The, the point that they, the the fact that they managed to score and draw against a team like Bournemouth, who've been in around the league for this long with so so many good players, shows that maybe they can go toe to toe with some of these teams. Yeah. Maybe steal a point here or there. 
and that's what they did here, right? They stole this point. Like, you know, ball went wild. He managed to, like, what's his name? Uh, Billy Sharp, first guy to get to it, managed to poke it into the goal. Um, yeah, we could be looking at the new, like, Stoke slash Wigan slash always near the bottom and flirt with relegation, but steady enough to uh, to keep themselves afloat. They're, they're, they're more practical than, than the other teams. They're more practical. So VAR is finally here. Made some big decisions in the first first week first week of it being used. Yep. Were they the right decisions? In terms of there was the obviously in the Man City game, then Donker. Um, is there any other decisions it made? No, no, it was just in those two games. Well, so there was there was what three in the City game, right? Was there three? One goal no, disallowed, one goal allowed, and the penalty. penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were all the right decisions, and like, yeah, yeah, and I think even the Den Donker one that that was a right decision as well. Um, the only thing I will say is, is it a char- it, If it's a case of looking at the rules, it's a case of yeah, VAR is always going to work. It's literally just looking at what happened. Like VAR can't be wrong. Like the referee might be able to be wrong, but VAR is just going to show you what happened. So if we're finding bad calls coming out of VAR, it's a case of the rules need looking at. But I don't think there were any bad. I don't think there were any bad decisions. One, one clear rule that definitely needs to be looked at. Come on, man! I can I can you call it offside for an armpit being off? But that's it. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's so yeah. Dumb. So change the definition of offside. That's not VAR's problem. That's okay. So what? Problem. What should they be looking at? That's the question. Because they said it from the shoulders. That's where they look from the shoulders. So obviously, if they're using their mathematical and whatever angles, and it says Sterling's shoulder is the one that's clearly ahead of the um, defender then it's offside it's 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 marginal very marginal but that's just yeah. the point of year now what's it got have you guys did you guys see uh bn sports anything that uh keys and gray were talking about oh no, Which, no they, no, act- they actually re- they raised a good point in terms of the when they actually what i don't obviously i don't know what they're doing in the var room but if they actually put it down to freeze frame and you mm-hmm. move certain things like that they were actually showing that um the sterling one if you were to move it exactly to when the actual the first contact or when the ball was kicked, but like obviously you could you could have an argument to actually say he was onside and not even the armpit. But then that's if you move the it only second, bit. That, I, I, sorry, I was just gonna say that's that's the only bit. What you've just said is the only bit that I can agree with because they mentioned that on Sky Sports as well. That's the only bit you can quibble with where you say is the point of the the point they decide this is where we stop the, the video and then look at the line. So if they're saying if you take a millisecond, but but then the point is they're supposed to look at the point of contact. So unless they're yeah, saying yeah. where they, 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 they stopped it to say that's offside is wrong. I mean, who keys and gray? Who are they to decide <laughs> where the refs should should have put the video on? Or the refs are the ones looking at the video and say, this is where his leg or foot touches the ball to, you know, give the pass. So... Yeah. I think when it comes to VAR, you shouldn't you shouldn't try and argue too much unless there's a clear something clear out there. It's, I mean, as simple as yeah. It's like BNF saying um, it's a fine margin, and it is like right right at the cutoff point. But no matter where you decide what part of the body offside is, there's always going to be an, a cutoff point, and there's always going to be fine margins. You could change it to be like, oh, it's it's a little bit further up the shoulder or it's more towards the middle of the chest. There's always going to be those calls that are like, oh, it's right on the line. So 
I don't think it matters where the line is. And technically, you could use your shoulder to score a goal. So that's in play. Um, yeah. If they want to change the rules, they can. But I don't think, uh, again, I think it was I think it was fine. I think the calls were right. I think the rules were all right. We'll see what happens further on into uh, further on into the season. The uh, the penalty encroachment. Uh, yeah. I fully get. I get that one because obviously Rice encroached and then he cleared it out. And then he cleared but, it. Yeah. Yeah. But if Aguero had put that wide, would they have then done that? Again? No, 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 no. I don't think they would have. I think it's only because know. it's because Rice touched the ball uh, when he encroached. I don't think they would have bought it back. I mean, if they were, if they did bring it back when he put it wide, that's stupid. But I think if the, I think if the encroachment uh, ends up being an advantage, then. Although saying that, in I've the seen Women's it World come Cup, back, yeah, in the Women's World Cup, they brought it back a couple times. They brought it back a couple times, and the, the player didn't end up getting to the ball. Secondly, I think I think they will if they're following the rules like that. I'm sure the rules say if you're in the box, it's an illegal penalty almost. Not illegal, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. So then they should take it back. But, but yeah. then that's that's what I'm saying. In this case, it's probably a case of looking at the rules. I think, like I think encroachment is a bit stupid unless yeah. In in this case, Rice it gave Rice an advantage. He could get to the ball first. Yes. If Aguero had put it wide, or if a West Ham player who hadn't encroached cleared the ball out, then I don't think you should bring it back. I think it's just nonsense, to be honest. I think, like, if, well, if 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 Aguero hits that wide, I don't think it should be brought back at all. No, no, that's what, that's what I'm saying as well, completely. I think, the, again, it should only be brought back if the player who encroached uh, interferes with play or gets, a, that gets an advantage through encroaching. But again... That's something that they need to change and stuff they need to do. That's out of VAR's hands. But in general, what do you guys think of the whole VAR stuff so far? Yeah. It did all right. It did all right. I don't think it took, like it didn't take that long. I mean the, the yeah. Sterling's armpit one took a little bit more time than it, it could have. But... It's still just over a minute though. It wasn't that long. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I've seen fouls take longer. <laughs> It's taken longer for I, I like cards. it. I, you, I've said that many times on the pod. I, I do like it coming in. Yeah. And I think I saw, I think they showed Gascoigne saying he doesn't like it. I was like, dude, you're old. Your time yeah, is done. He doesn't, he doesn't like anything that doesn't have alcohol. It's like it's going to be. <laughs> stop that. You're talking about how it's not got. Um, it's going to be like the American game where they stop, start. But I looked at it. I was like, you're getting the calls right. So far as the players don't do. Like, whichever team it was, the women's World Cup team, the African women's team, I forgot which one, contesting the VR, exactly, contesting it. Just, this is what the rule is, done, just play on. I mean, just carry on with that. That's it. If when that, if that keeps going on, I mean, the game should get better. No more dodgy goals. The, only, the main thing for me is, well, I think it works. I think they've, they've obviously learned that the way it was done in the FA Cup and in other cups in England before, there was a bit of issues, so they're trying to work on that and make it quicker. But the main thing is, is that you want the team that wins the league or whichever position you get, you genuinely get it for the right reasons. And then you don't, and the team doesn't get relegated because of some dodgy decision or something like that. So as long as if they sort that out, it doesn't matter how long it takes for a decision to be done. As long as the right decision is got to at the end of the day, it's the best thing. And then over exactly. years, VAR is going to get better and better anyway. <laughs> Exactly. That's that's all it is. And again, it is for it will make a difference to things like that. Like it will make the difference between a team getting relegated and not getting relegated. With the money that's at stake now, 
we can't just leave that to the referee's eyes. So it will, yeah, it's only going to get better from here and it doesn't look so bad starting off. That was the main five talking points from the week. Is there any other topics or any other things you noticed? We should probably mention Arsenal because, you know, top six. We talked about, yeah, top six and was talking about United, Liverpool, and, um, United, Tottenham and that. Not These being are contenders. The, 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 yeah, exactly. They're not um, contenders. Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United. Boy, we, only talk, the... we only talked about Chelsea and Man United because they played. played each other. Yeah, but we still <laughs> we still would have talked about it. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Reasons. I mean, yeah. But yeah, with Arsenal, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. I didn't watch the game. I saw bits bits of the game. I don't understand why they didn't start like their main squad. You know, everyone has started the games with their main teams besides. Well, Man City, more, more or less, they just have a good squad like on the bench. But they had main guys like Lacazette not even coming on. They had Pepe. Obviously, obviously he's new, but they had all these guys on the bench playing people like um, is it Wilcock and I don't know. I just looked Look, at it. I was thinking, yeah. what is going on? I Wait, mean, yeah, I know they they got a couple guys not about like Bellerin's not there, a um, couple of other guys. But yeah, it's true. What was going on with Lacazette? Obviously, maybe you want to put uh, Pepe in, ease him in gently. Torreira. Torreira on the bench. Yeah. Cabellos on the bench. It was, and yeah, they, they got a couple of issues, but they're not down to their bare bones to be playing, yeah, to be playing Willock. Although, Maitland-Niles had a good game. Like, yeah, fresh after scoring that goal for Barcelona, he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he did actually come out with a very good showing. But, I mean... It was uninspiring. What was it like two shots on target for the whole game? Uh, and it was only because kind of Newcastle, they had that problem with their left back. I don't think he understands English or something. Like um, they got that, what was it that Dutch left back and he didn't realise he was supposed to be playing at left back. And... Sure. Nah, w- Willems? Will- Willems? Willems oh, or whatever. The ball that the black guy. Like they yeah, the guy on. that they brought, yeah. the guy, yeah, the guy that they brought on, they 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 brought on, and oh, Williams, yeah, 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 because yeah, when Shelby went off, they brought him on, so that I think <laughs> it, could I really, play. it was it was weird, a, but from a white ball really that they bring on a black ball, did it? <laughs> <laughs> but it, they didn't <laughs> really settle. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they didn't really put up much resistance either, and Arsenal didn't really take advantage of that, but. But they did get the clean sheet. They could get the, um, get the That's good. Points. That's good. They got the clean sheet. But, yeah. They're okay, not going to be troubling anyone anytime soon. Okay, let me bring this question in. Obviously, we're both... We're also of an agreement that Man City is going to win the league. Liverpool second. Third and fourth. What are we saying? Personally, I'm saying Tottenham third. I'm still... Well, I'm kind of torn between either Man United or Arsenal. <laughs> Because Arsenal, I don't know. We still need more time, but if I was to go off today's games, I would say Man United. I'd say Man United. Flows? Um, yeah, even before today's games, again, like I say, in my head, it was Tottenham clearly going to come third, and United just look like they're going to be the best of the, the best of the rest. Mm. I still think they Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal had a, an all right window. But I don't know if they did yeah, what they needed to win. do. Well, we'll uh, in terms we'll of what they needed to do, I don't know. In terms of their most pressing issues, I still don't know if they if they if they uh, solve those. But yeah, United. 
What are you saying, MK? For me, uh, it's yeah, Tottenham definitely third. Then it's out of yeah. I, Chelsea, I don't, I don't give them any hope. They're nah, 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 nah. New, a new manager, and they're not allowed. They weren't allowed to spend any money, so definitely not. Definitely not Chelsea. So then it's out of United and Arsenal. And the only thing I would say is, you know, I will put United there just because Arsenal they've got a good attack, they haven't got a good defense. And then they've gone further and put David Luiz into that defence, which, <laughs> which which is just going to make it even worse. So, yeah, no, I don't, I don't. They're going to concede as many as they can, pretty much they score. So. No, I don't know, I don't know. Right, now, obviously, I, you mentioned David Luiz. Should we talk about the transfers then? Yeah, no, no, no. We could talk about looking, that. Like going from there, looking at David Luiz, I'd say I don't know because. I think David Luiz in a Chelsea team, he did his bits here and there, but it's not always down to defending. Arsenal have a problem with defence, but also it's about the mobility. David Luiz is quite mobile compared to like the Mustafis and maybe even Koscielny to some extent. Yeah, yeah. Has he got the concentration levels though? He might do. If they, they Arsenal with the attack they've got, I think unless they're out there just fully defending the whole game, yeah, they'll concede, but... David Luiz may just be their little Van Dyke or Maguire, just a little bit better than what they had that they needed. I don't know. Like, for me, David Luiz is in that kind of the same as Xhaka uh, or a Monreal, like, or a Mikatarian. He's another one of their players where you're not going to know which one's going to turn up on the day. Like, they could be great or they could be awful. So, I, I do think he is an improvement over what they had. He is an improvement over what they had, but his inconsistency means that he, they could end up just letting as many goals because he has a few bad games. But there's it, a step in the right direction. Probably not the best solution, but it's a better one. Okay, looking at the transfers, as we mentioned, obviously, Iwobi's also gone to Everton, but they've got a lot of good talent coming, like Cabellos. Mm. I, mean, I mean, in terms of who they bought, they just they got the tourney player as well who they've been chasing from the beginning of the window. They started, the links were there. Yeah, but right he's injured, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they've, they've got, they looked at certain positions and they've actually replaced. I mean, the fact that they got Pepe was huge, you know? But did they need Pepe? Like, that was that they the did. most pressing issue? They did. Issue? It will be one of their main wingers who was playing or wide players. And now he's gone. And Pepe's arguably better, much better than him. It's not arguably, bro. He is he's much okay, better than him. There you be. go. So, do you know what I mean? So, when I look at that, I'm like, Arsenal actually did strengthen. So, I can say they've actually a better Arsenal than last season. Yeah, that's a fair point. That is a good point. Only in the attack. I don't know. I'm not I'm still not convinced with the the defensive side. Tierney is coming from the Scottish League. So, when you get a real like winger running at him, is he really going to cope? Because going into well, Celtic, they're, they're he's, he's, Robertson, he's got the goods. But that came from Pippen Celtic, so don't rule him yeah, out. Well, come on. Yeah, he was in. <laughs> no, he was there, but then he went and did his real training at Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> his real, his real business. No, no, I'm just saying that central, central defense as well was the like. Yeah, they got Tierney, but it was mainly central defense. And like I say, I suppose the argument that they they did improve their central defense by getting Louise, but. Did they improve it enough? Oh, time will tell. Time will tell. Have you guys heard the comments of Glenn Johnson? Glenn Johnson said about Seda Barahino? Yes. 
Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I heard it. Uh, scathing. And the benefits of our listeners, let me play a little insert a bit. To be honest, it's, it's not it's not so much what's gone wrong. It's, it'd be quicker to say what's gone right. Um, he, he had the wrong mentality, the wrong attitude from day one. Um, obviously, I, I only know him from the days at Stoke. Obviously, his days at West Brom, he obviously played, he had a few good months and, and was hitting the back of the net regular. But for whatever reason, when he was at Stoke, it was always going against the grain. If, if we were told to be here at 10, he would deliberately come at 10 past 10. If we were told to wear this, he'd deliberately wear something different. It was almost like he had a vendetta against him from the from the start. Um, so it's, it's strange strange to watch, really. Because um, in, in training, you'd see little glimpses where you think, oh, he, he can play, there's something there. Mm-hmm. But he just didn't ever want to sort of push himself. Um, if, if we were doing a running session, they wanted to just go quicker, he'd go slower. You know, it's always... Uh, and I'm not exaggerating. It was every single day. But, uh, one of the one of the prime examples I can think of. Uh, after a match, if you're if he was on the bench or or not in the squad, you'd have to run after the game. Mm-hmm. Of course, no players like doing it because obviously they're angry at the fact that they didn't play in the first place. And then obviously you you might be running at half ten at night on an evening or whatever. So so I can understand why pe- uh, players are unhappy about it. But that was the rules. So everyone did it. But Sido would jog, and we was we were supposed to be off on say the following Sunday. But because Saido didn't run afterwards, everybody had to come in on that day, oh. even the players that played the game. But then what happened Sunday morning, we all turn up for training, Saido phones in sick. He doesn't even show up. So we're only there because of him, and then he doesn't even turn up. So it's like it was uproar, you know. Obviously, the, the players uh, and the decent lads are, well, you just cut, you, where'd you go from that, you know? Mm. It's total disrespect for the staff, the players. And, and and that's what he was like on a daily basis. So, um, and the fact that they've 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 paid him up with three years left to go, it's everything you. Yeah, uh, this. A uh, couple questions from that. Yeah, first of all, a player with that type of mentality should the club even be paying him up? Well, they have to. Like, there's, no, no, there's a contract no. that meant the mentality. The, like, there's nothing in the contract that says if you don't have the right mentality, we don't have to pay your contract. If you're breaking rules. And you're not turning up, and well, I know you're yeah, but, sick, but yeah, but sure. the, the rules he's breaking, like what, not running fast enough? How are you gonna, how are you gonna prove that? No, 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 no. Lord, is not running fast enough. All right, let me, let me have my little no filter moment. He's God. clearly, from what I'm hearing, is a dickhead. That's what you call a guy like that. He's be- I love Berahino. I've rated this guy from day one, and I've always yeah, been behind him. But hearing this. I'm like, what kind of shit is that? Like, he sounds like one of them players. You know one of them people, like, they say do this and you're blatantly in your face trying to do the other thing. Like, the fact that he said everyone has come into training because of you at this time or some day you're meant to be off or whatever. Everyone's in there. What happens? He calls in sick. Are you taking the piss? You're the reason why we're here and you don't even come. That's some... That's some stupid dickhead moves, and it's followed him all his life. It's like a Morrison 2.0. Yeah, but, you know. I mean, we knew from we knew from Dave from back in the, when he tried to get that move to Palace, um, we tried to force that move away from West Brom, like just the kind of lack of the kind of lack of respect, and we gave him the benefit of the doubt back in that day. But like the fact that he has done nothing, the fact that he doesn't even get games when he clearly does have he does have some talent. We've seen it. It just it, it make, there's no smoke without fire in this case. You know what? No, I kind of slightly disagree. Right? Obviously, his issues happened. It was um, 
yeah, like when he was trying to leave uh, West Brom, they they wouldn't allow it. Like it was close to, he was actually very close to signing for Tottenham as well. And then they wouldn't allow it. Then they kept him. Get like kind of. I know he's under contract, so he has to be there. But then they were playing him in like the youth team, and basically putting out stuff. And was it Tony Pulis saying stuff and basically kind of degrading him in papers, in the papers and stuff in front of the the whole nation and that. You do it. You're doing all of that. Like that will obviously get to someone. And if he's like, we don't know his mental state. Like, and this could just be him acting out, and someone should have just kind of helped him. And someone like Glenn Johnson. What was he doing during those times? Like during like when in Stoke, when, when, is he trying to help him? Did he go to him and say like, "Yo, what's up, man? Why are you acting like this?" And like, I know bro, what bro, bro, I know bro, what Flo's is thinking right now because I'm thinking the same thing. Is that his dad? Yeah, bro. Is that you know, his dad? Everyone and... is responsible for their own actions. Yes, you could have that player that will come and sit you down. That's you doing. That's you going when you're at a job interview. That's you going the extra mile to be that team guy or that leader. He doesn't have to be, and Yo. maybe it's not in his character. Look. So, also, no, no. also bro, I beg you, how long ago did man leave West Brom? You're telling me that Tony Pulis scarred him that deeply that he's still acting like a dickhead now because of stuff that happened at West Brom? You don't know what else nah, has bro. been happening in his nah. life though as well. Nah. And nah. Whatever's been it? happening, you're a professional footballer. Whatever happens, that's why he's in the position he is now. It's not like something's going to happen to him, but the fact that he kept on going on, he could seek help. He's got enough money. If he's got fa- he has family around him, they could give him advice. That's one of the main things. Like when things are going on, you don't get the help from a football club. Your family is the one that's the basis of pull, pulling you out of it. So I'm sorry, I, I wouldn't say anything about Glenn Johnson. That's that's no. I, you can't put anything on the onus on any other player. It's up to you to sort yourself, especially if you want to be, uh, you know, a big baller in the future. Zaha, the whole thing that happened at Man United, that could have scarred him for life. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, they treated me like shit. And I'm not good enough for the big leagues. I'm just yeah, but you basic. do rec- you do realize there are two types of people: ones that will use negativity to push them forward, and ones that will crumble. Yeah, yeah but then we're saying Barry okay, then, then, that then, then you could, okay, then you've just classed two people, but there's then you could say there's a third type. Now Ranger, he just don't give a shit. He just keeps doing <laughs> what he's doing. So I mean, it's just depending on who the guy is and what he de- decides to do. Obviously, Berrino decided. I'm playing. Look, all the clips we got from England under 21s at that time. It was always usually him or even Morrison showing some brilliant skills in that. So if you've seen this and people are rating you, show these levels. Don't sit there and think the world is coming to your feet because you think you've got the talent. Nah. Yeah, and also I would say like the whole thing with with what happened with uh, uh, at West Brom. Like, there's no reason to say that, like, if, if this guy looks like he seems to have a history of being a dickhead, there's nothing to say that he wasn't being a dickhead at that time as well. So Pulis was like, you know what? I don't have to be nice about you or I don't have to, I, I don't feel any reason to, to, to like, cover up what was going on as a player. Um, now you look at, what was it, like, the Solskjaer and Pogba, Pogba thing. If the rumours are true and the guy did want to leave, Solskjaer still was cool with him because Pogba was a, was a professional about it. If Berahino was behind the scenes not being professional about it, why has Pulis owed him anything? And if he is having problems, has he told the club, oh, I'm having problems, can you help me here? Has he tried to help himself? Has he tried to get help for himself? It just sounds like man thought he was bigger than he was. I feel like he treated that move to Stoke as it was just going to be a stopgap until he got to bigger and better things. And it bit him in the, bit him in the backside. All right. But it's, it's, well, I'm calling him a partner in crime, but he's found a new partner in crime, so to speak, with... Our boy, Ravel Morrison, he says, at Glenn Johnson, this is on Twitter, trying to destroy people's careers. How can you speak about people like that in public? 
Berahino, good luck at your new team. I hope your your hard work, you work hard and you get the best, you get back to your best and get back where you belong. God bless. So obviously he, hopefully, I don't know if these are words to himself that he's been saying to himself, <laughs> that now he's open, you know, but I get what he means. But same way, sometimes people are wondering what the hell's happened to Berahino. He's just said, look, this is what he's been like. He's not said anything. He's not trying to destroy his career. Because now Berahino can show out Unless he's one of MK's kind of guys that when people say this about him, he goes into a little slump and decides to cry about it. <laughs> Do you mean about like me? No, I'm saying like you just said that's one of your type it? of guys, isn't it? Are, are you trying to tell the world that's me, innit? That's what no, I I'm care. saying you said there's two types of guys. That's one of the types you just mentioned. Right. If he is that type, then boy. You don't think the comments are out of order? I don't uh, if that's the way you feel and bruv like not really from the stories unless Glenn Johnson is like a colossal liar and he's the dickhead bruv the stories that you're hearing like that's not a guy that's playing for his team that's not a guy that even gives a damn about any of his teammates so what, what, why am I gonna why am I gonna that, trash Corey protect him I would be absolutely pissed if I'm being forced to come in on a Sunday because you didn't want to fucking run and then you didn't even turn up yourself. I would be pissed. Bro, at that. I'm giving him a pool skull special. I'm giving him a pool skull special in training, bro. I'm taking him out. <laughs> but I would say this for Barry Hino. Um, what Glenn Johnson was saying was a while back. I'm just thinking in terms of what they're going through now or what he's going through now. Um, maybe Glenn Johnson to say this is what happened. How long did he say this happened when he was there? So he should make that clear. Obviously, he doesn't know what he's like now or whatever. But this is what he experienced. Uh, besides that, I mean, he's done nothing wrong. He just told it how it is. And I mean, look, uh, you know, hopefully he will get back on track. He signed with a team already, isn't it? He's playing for a Belgium team now. Um, did he score on his debut? I think he scored on his debut, something like that. But I don't think it counts, man. Might as well be playing with the kids' league. With that talent he's got, he might as well play in kids' league. He could score five goals. It wouldn't matter. Yeah, but you, he needs to. He needs to rebuild. He needs to build his football stock back up, innit? He needs to get back to a position where people see him as a serious. Like, and think about it, bro. Like another thing is, no other team for no other team in the Premier League or the Championship or anything with his talent thought he was worth taking a risk on. Something's got to be wrong there, dude. He scored three goals in fifty-one games for Stoke. Ah. He just, and that's from 2017. So he he, he did this himself. Now he's playing at Zoltz Wagaram. Wagaram, yeah, Zoltz Wagaram. Wagaram. Yeah. That's a crap team. He's never the top team in the league. So he needs <laughs> to be banging in goals. He, he's 26. Yeah, just to put an end to this, he actually won more points drink driving than he did. Take <laughs> <for> it. <Stoke. laughs> it. Anyway, Hazard. Being unveiled as the new number seven at Real Madrid. That's a big shirt to fill. Raul, Ronaldo. It's a big shirt because they had to get him a double XL. Beckham. <laughs> I turned up a few pounds extra, in it? Can no. he live up to the... Can he Can he fill that shirt? Uh, no. Nobody can ever fill that Ronaldo shirt. I think he, he, he can do well in that shirt. Like, he's not going to totally disgrace it. He's not going to totally disgrace it, but... It, I don't expect him to to reach Ronaldo levels with it, which is where he's going to be directly compared to. Most people have short memories, so they're not going to look at what Beckham did in that shirt, what Raul did in that shirt. Beckham, Beckham was number 23. Chris. Was he? Oh, shit, yeah. All right, fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fucking, oh, was he? Uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah, it was the Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah, number, it was, it? He was, for marketing, he was. For marketing. But anyway, yeah, they're not going to... Um
they're going to compare him directly to Ronaldo, and I don't think he's he's not going to be a Ronaldo. I think he will do well, but yeah, people are like he's never going to reach those heights. Well, to be honest, the number seven, I just see it as looking at the dance team. It's aged. It's gone. The guys that are in there now are young. They're fresh. Who else is who? Who, who else to be number seven? Unless they get Neymar, which we don't know where he's heading at the moment. Hazard is the next best thing. Hazard has always wanted to go to Chelsea. He's there, and you know he's stable. Neymar will come and fuck shit up. So, yeah. I mean, I can't think of anyone better to have that number seven at the moment. True. He's more or less the next iconic. Bell is obviously causing problems for Zidane. Or Zidane is causing problems for Bale, whichever way you want to look at it. But yeah, I can't think of anyone else. Whether like, whether or not he lives up to it, it will be a it will be a thing to look for. But at the same time, Real Madrid are not looking that great. There's only so much he can do. He's not. He's definitely going to pull any of them numbers like they have. But yeah, obviously, fantasy football is back. The FPL bragging rights and some money to be won as well. All right, let me give you the code for now. Um, to join the free BNA podcast um, league, the code is L E O zero T X. That's L E O zero T X, and obviously the winner just is just bragging rights in it, nothing special. Just get to to your own horn. But yeah, the next one is the money league. It's twenty pound entry, and the code for that one is seven G P. VXI. That's 7GPVXI. So if you want to join, just join up. Um, I'll join up, um, send a message, hashtag BNA podcast on Twitter, or send a DM to MK. What's the handle? M- at MK underscore BNA podcast. Yeah, BNA, like DNA, BNA podcast. Send him a DM or something like that, and he will send you the account details. Last entries, you can put your entry till whenever, but Payment must be done by 31st August. If it's not done by then, whoever's not paid get, gets kicked out. But yeah, at the moment it's looking like there's a lot of people in there. So join on. The the, the, the returns is is quite fruitful. But at the moment, I was looking for you guys, man. I think I'm looking like I'm second. I've mm-hmm. just got 81 points. And even with having three shit players, that shouldn't have been there. It's looking like I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Wait, second in which league though? The money league or the bragging one? Sure, both. Nah, but... nah, nah. I've already seen like three guys that are on in the nineties. Okay, then I'm probably like top. <laughs> top... I gotta keep falling, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm second or something. No, I second. Mean, it's early days. It's early days, so. We'll this is on nine points, boy. Just give you guys a little head start. Makes it more exciting. So, I'll be there. I'll be back. Anyway, I'll that's back, it. You know. anyway. Yeah, my rightful spot in it, second place. <laughs> but anyway, that's the end of the episode. Been a decent one. I've been MK. BNF, Ben, no filter. I'm Flows. Peace.